Blockchain technology is widely anticipated to disrupt major industries and business operations over the next several years. But with all of the hype in the blockchain market, at times it can be difficult to separate fact from fiction and identify the real value in this new technology. To help bring things into focus, we've crafted a five-part series to introduce blockchain from a technological, market, and legal perspective. Our fifth and final episode in the series provides an overview of the key legal issues facing cryptocurrencies and blockchain in the United States. I'm Amy Kotman, and you're listening to Baker Hosts. Our guest today is Rob Musiala, a counsel in the Digital Assets and Data Management Group and the co-leader of our Blockchain Technologies and Digital Currencies team. Welcome to the show, Rob. Thanks, Amy. Always nice to be here. So to begin, Rob, can you talk about what are the key legal issues impacting cryptocurrencies and blockchain? Sure. Uh, That's a complicated question. Um, There are many legal issues, and it gets very complex. Uh, In general, the reason this is so complex is that here in the United States, we have four different regulatory agencies that define cryptocurrencies in four different ways based on their own four different regulatory frameworks and mandates. So we've got FinCEN, the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, which is part of the US Treasury Department. Uh, And FinCEN's goal is to enforce the Bank Secrecy Act, which is the US's uh, primary anti-money laundering law. FinCEN defines cryptocurrencies as quote money and treats cryptocurrencies in the same way as money for purposes of the Bank Secrecy Act and anti-money laundering regulations. Then we've got the IRS, another part of the Treasury Department, and the IRS defines cryptocurrencies as property. So in the IRS's view, cryptocurrencies are not actually currency, they are property. And so like any transaction in property, when you buy or sell cryptocurrencies, you've got to record your basis and record your gain or loss on any transaction. Then you've got arguably the most uh, complex agency, which is the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC. And the SEC uh, has been very active in enforcement actions in this space. They brought um, dozens, maybe even hundreds of enforcement actions all around what they deem to be unregistered securities offerings. And from the SEC standpoint, cryptocurrencies or blockchain tokens or uh, what the SEC would call digital assets are in many cases going to be considered securities subject to the US securities laws. And then finally, you've got the CFTC, the Commodities Futures Trading Commission. And the CFTC defines cryptocurrencies as commodities subject to the CFTC's regulations. And if that weren't complicated enough, Uh, Just last week, President Biden issued an executive order that actually, for the very first time, defines a bunch of terms in the blockchain market, two in particular that are of of special special interest. Um, The executive order actually defines cryptocurrencies um, and calls it, in part, a digital asset, which may be a medium of exchange. And the executive order also defines digital assets. Uh, so sort of borrowing the SEC's term and defines digital assets more broadly, uh, defining them in part as uh, including cryptocurrencies, stablecoins, and CBDCs, and says that regardless of the label used, a digital asset may be, among other things, a security, a commodity, a derivative, or other financial product. 
And so um, as you can see, it can get quite complex uh, pretty quickly. And today we're, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll introduce some of these issues, but I do want to note that we will explore all of them in more depth in future podcasts. Sounds like we're going to need that deep exp exploration, Rob. Um, let's take a look at these one at a time. Could you tell us more about the Bank Secrecy Act and in particular FinCEN issues? Sure. So the Bank Secrecy Act is the United States' uh, primary law to prevent money laundering from happening through U.S.-based financial institutions and other types of businesses that are involved in financial transactions. And FinCEN was actually the very first agency to issue its own guidance in the cryptocurrency market. And as I mentioned, FinCEN uh, defines cryptocurrencies as money and so treats them in the same way that they would U.S. dollars for purposes of enforcing the Bank Secrecy Act. And FinCEN has a whole its, whole, its own whole set of regulations, the FinCEN regulations that interpret the Bank Secrecy Act. These can get quite complicated, but um, the, the most important issue is under the FinCEN regulations, will a specific type of business be considered what is called a money services business or money transmitter? Now, a traditional money transmitter is kind of like a Western Union or a MoneyGram or some of these other businesses that help us to send money across the globe. In the cryptocurrency market, a good example of a money transmitter is a cryptocurrency exchange. I think a lot of people are familiar with these businesses that help people to purchase and sell cryptocurrencies, exchange them for U.S. dollars and vice versa. Under the FinCEN regulations, if you are considered a money transmitter, then you have to have a Bank Secrecy Act program, just like any bank, just like any other money transmitter. And that can get uh, quite complex. It's a pretty complex set of compliance requirements requiring things like policies, procedures, and internal controls, a designated compliance officer, a training program, periodic independent review, um, and other compliance requirements. And so it does get quite complicated. And so the, the primary thing to think about from a FinCEN perspective is, is my business going to be considered a, a money transmitter or will it uh, not be considered a money transmitter? And FinCEN has a lot of guidance on this topic, uh, but it does get quite complex because there are more and more complicated and new business models in the cryptocurrency market. And so we'll, we'll dig into these issues uh, in more detail uh, in later podcasts, but that's a, that's a summary of uh, the FinCEN issues uh, in the cryptocurrency space. Thanks, Rob. What about the IRS? What are the relevant tax issues? So the IRS is the, you know, the other agency from the U.S. Treasury Department uh, that has been heavily active in this space. And the IRS, as I said, defines cryptocurrencies as property. So that means that you've got to keep track of your basis in cryptocurrencies and uh, keep track of your gain or loss on cryptocurrency transactions. Now, that can get quite complex and it's becoming more and more important because the IRS has been more and more active in this space. I think people probably have noticed by now that last year's tax return and this year's tax return at the very top contain a question on virtual currencies. Uh, I'll just read it from the 2021-1040. It says, anytime during 2021, did you receive, sell, exchange, or otherwise dispose of any financial interest in any virtual currency, yes or no? And virtual currency is the IRS's term that they use for cryptocurrencies. So the key thing to keep in mind from an IRS standpoint is that these things are treated like property uh, and you've got to keep records of your basis, gain and loss. And the other thing to keep in mind is that the IRS has been more and more active in this space uh, to try to identify and bring enforcement actions against people that are 
evading taxes uh, using cryptocurrencies. Rob, you mentioned that the SEC issues are the most complicated. Could you tell us a little bit more about those? Sure. So the, the, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission has been arguably the most active regulatory agency in the space. As I said, they have brought uh, dozens, if not hundreds of enforcement actions. And it's all around the question of when is a cryptocurrency or digital token or blockchain token, or as the SEC would call them, a digital asset, when is it a security or not a security? And under SEC laws, regulations, case law, generally speaking, anytime a cryptocurrency type product is created and put out into the world, there is a risk that if examined by the SEC, uh, that event of creating that digital asset and distributing that digital asset out into the world would be, if examined by the SEC, considered to be an illegal unregistered securities offering. And so from the SEC standpoint, anytime that you are selling securities, those securities either have to be registered or they have to be subject to an exemption from reg registration. So from an SEC standpoint, the key issue um, that businesses need to be asking themselves is if, they, if a business is creating its own digital asset or dealing in digital assets, it's critical to understand whether those digital assets, if examined by the SEC, would be considered securities or not. And there is some guidance, uh, quite a bit of guidance from the SEC on this issue, but it gets quite complicated. And we'll dig deep, deeper into that guidance uh, on a future podcast. So the fourth agency you mentioned was the CFTC. How does that fit into all of this? The CFTC regulates the commodities markets. And so the CFTC has, since I believe 2016, defined cryptocurrencies as commodities subject to its jurisdiction. Now, the CFTC typically does not regulate the spot markets and commodities. And so the CFTC is more focused on um, markets of sort of uh, derivative products that are based on commodities. So the best example is uh, Bitcoin futures products and Ether futures products. There are now uh, pretty mature Bitcoin futures and Ether futures markets on the SIBO and CME, two of the world's largest commodities exchanges. And from the CFTC standpoint, if you are dealing in derivative type products uh, based on cryptocurrencies, those products can only be traded and exchanged on CFTC regulated entities. The CFTC is also um, interested in enforcing market manipulation and fraud in the spot market. So to the extent, especially to the extent that there are marketplaces that where the data sort of feeds into the derivative markets, the CFTC would take an interest in um, policing any type of market manipulation or fraud on those spot markets. So other than these four regulatory agencies, are there any other legal issues to keep in mind? Yes, uh, there are several, but the one that I want to point out today is uh, the GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation, and the CCPA, the California Consumer Privacy Act. And you know these are the new data privacy laws, and there are a whole bunch of new laws that are sort of based on some of the foundational principles in the GDPR and CCPA that we'll see, uh, I think we're going to see getting passed uh, all over the world uh, and in various U.S. states. And the GDPR and CCPR are focused on personal data, mostly, uh, among other things, but personal data is a heavy focus. And so from that perspective, these laws are not so much interested in cryptocurrencies so much as the, the data that is stored on a blockchain. And the key issue there is whether data that is stored on a blockchain would be considered personal data under those new privacy frameworks. 
because and it's important because under the GDPR and CCPA, there is a right, people have a right of erasure or deletion where they are have the right to uh, have their personal data deleted from where it might be stored by third parties. And that can be problematic when it comes to blockchain, because as we've talked about in, in uh, previous podcasts, once data is stored onto a blockchain network, that data cannot be deleted or altered. So it's critical from a GDPR and, and CCPA perspective, as you're building solutions in this market to understand when data that would be stored on a blockchain might be considered personal data and to build a compliance framework around that. Rob, thanks so much for sharing your insights on the show. Very welcome, Amy. Always happy to be here. If you have any questions for Rob, his contact information is in the show notes. Please check out our weekly Blockchain Monitor blog where Rob is the editor and a frequent contributor. As always, thanks for listening to Baker Hosts. Comments heard on Baker Hosts are for informational purposes and should not be construed as legal advice regarding any specific facts or circumstances. Listeners should not act upon the information provided on Baker Hosts without first consulting with a lawyer directly. The opinions expressed on Baker Hosts are those of participants appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect those of the firm. For more information about our practices and experience, please visit bakerlaw.com.